0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
1: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, August 27th, wherever and however you're joining us. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with my longtime friend, Jerem Jordan. And Jerem, we're going to begin the discussion here today. Last night, we watched something unfold in the sports world that, again, takes the title of unprecedented. We've never seen this before. NBA playoff games boycotted. All three playoff games did not happen, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks deciding to not take the floor and purposely forfeit their games so that they could have a voice, so that they could make a peaceful protest for the black lives matter movement. Then you watch the MLS five out of the six games that were scheduled yesterday did not happen. Three major league baseball games did not happen. It is uh, a unique time and it has been fascinating to watch as these players collectively gather their voices to try and make a change in our culture.
2: Yeah. And this is based off of uh, Jacob Blake being shot in the back seven times. Right. And, uh, I I agree with this because what's happening right now, the narrative is not how many points did LeBron James score last night or Giannis Antetokounmpo in the series. It is Black Lives Matter again. And to be heard is a very important thing. If you feel like you're not heard, you get frustrated, right, In, in any walk of life. So I agree with and stand with those professional teams who have done this because when a man gets shot in the back seven times, that's not okay. And and I talked about this on my own Instagram last night. We need to figure out how to, how to do this because we've had another situation here with someone. It was George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and now it's Jacob Blake, and there have been others, right, who it seems like have been unjustly dealt with. And there is a lot of nuance to this conversation. If you say Black Lives Matter, it does not mean you hate the police. That is not necessarily the case. I do not hate the police. I think there is a a middle ground that we need to seek in all of this. But the point is that we continue to have this issue. So black lives do matter. They matter at BYU. They matter everywhere. And this is important. And I agree with the protesting yesterday, and that will happen today, and we just found out moments ago, the, the NBA does plan to resume play, that they want to be heard. And, and change will not happen quickly. And it might not even happen at all. But it needs to. And uh, I agree with this. And I hope that we can figure out the best way to handle this so that people like Jacob Blake aren't pulled over just because they're black, maybe. We know that this happens. Um, and the chances of you and I being pulled over is very different. And that's not, that's not okay. And, again, there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. But black lives matter. And we need to, we need to continue this discussion.
1: Yes. I'm just trying to be a better listener. Not just an observer hundred percent okay, so that that's where I'm coming from this thing is how can I be a better listener and understand better not just what is happening on one side but on all sides right because I'm devastated for the black community as I watch how deeply this is impacting people all over the country and frankly all over the world, uh, and I understand why i'm I'm beginning to better understand why they feel like they're not heard and why uh, I need to do more to to make sure that I'm putting myself in front of them to hear them and and listen to them. At the same time, I'm with you. I look at the police force and all of the good that they do for the world and how they protect us, and, I mean, you couldn't...
2: I I respect what they're asked to do. You couldn't
1: pay me enough to get into that profession because it is dangerous, and right now they are so... Distinctly under the microscope, that it would be so hard to go to work and be a police officer. Right
2: and no, now. when do I do this and when do I do well, not, based on uh, a life-threatening situation? Yes, I know, there's so much nuance. Think to that. about Absolutely. the families
1: involved on all sides of this. It's not just the immediate individuals of police officer versus versus uh, black, people. black man yeah. or black woman, whatever. All these families are just being so deeply impacted and affected. And so I'm trying to find this middle ground of just listen to people. Just people just want to be heard and understood. And there, it's, I'm, because I'm a man and I'm imperfect, I'm thinking, man, how do I, where do I even go with this? Where do I turn? And I typically don't take this to the religious level. But for me, like I, I am finding solace in... Religion and a higher power of what would essentially what what would God do? What would Jesus do? How can I try and e- exemplify what needs to happen there? Humility, love, understanding, just trying to hear people and not interject your opinion. Like, well, this is what needs to happen. Right. This and is that, what needs to happen. That's
2: like, what social media does. Yes. Yeah.
1: It, we need the antithesis of social media. And that is listen to people. Try and understand why they're feeling what they're feeling. And then let's get Whether together. Whether you agree or not. Yes. Yeah. If Even if you wholeheartedly disagree, just listen.
2: And that's the case with some people who reacted strongly to some of my comments on social last night. I'm going to hear them just like I want to be heard. God changes hearts. Man can change the leaders making the decisions and the laws. Yes. So that that's kind of where we're at with this. And obviously we're a sports show that focuses on BYU. Right. But this this was such a... A huge day, significant day in the history of sports. We've never had multiple leagues coordinate like this. We had MLS locally with Railside Lake dropping. The WNBA did an excellent job of of displaying uh, a protest, right? Um, and obviously the NBA and, and Major League Baseball. I was, I was proud that my Mariners took a stand, right? Uh, and there might be other uh, others there. I don't know what impact uh, potentially this could have on on college football, but if there are players who feel like they want to be heard, they they definitely have the right to do so. So uh, we just want to start the show with those comments. And uh, if you agree with it, great. If you don't, great. We all have the right to kind of uh, express and feel, and uh, this is an outlet uh, for that.
1: Yes. Listen. No. Listen here. Whether you agree or not, whatever side of the issue you stand on, like that's kind of where I am is – I'm gonna literally get on my knees and pray to be a better listener so that I can be a conduit to some type of positive movement to help this situation. Like that's yeah. that's and, worrying. and I
2: think that's good to help your own heart, right? Oh, yeah. And you can't change someone else's, but you can you can pray for that and you can also act by sure. Obviously we've talked about voting, but also yeah, listening and and I, I had a, a former uh you know black student who who used to work here, who reached out to me and, and connected and said, hey, thanks for saying what you said. And I appreciate that because I want to be empathetic and listen, and i don 't know exactly what to do, but I know that that is something yeah. I can do in this,
1: yeah, and yeah. we collectively here at BYU sports Nation love our friends in the black community, and especially those that we work closely with within in the athletic department and what 's hard is we see how deeply it has impacted them
2: yes and, and there's still issues there and there <sighs> and I, and Maria Taylor said it on first take this morning there 's not going to be a lot of immediate change, there just won 't um, but we hope that this changes something, because what did the civil rights movement do in the 60s? It did change things. It did change things. In 1978, there was a major change in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mm-hmm. that would probably stemmed from that. Obviously, we believe that uh, the prophet speaks to God, and, and, hey, it's time to make this difference. But these things happen culturally and politically and yes. religiously. It's all tied together. We want to act like this isn't a thing, and, hey, why? I'm tuning into to BYU Sports Nation. Why are they talking about this? Because we need to talk about this. We need to talk about it. We're not going to take the whole show. We're taking this moment to discuss it, and we're doing what we call not bearing the lead. This is definitely the lead. And uh, here we are. But we are going to do a BYU sports show, and we think we have a good one today.
1: Sure. And uh, I feel like I should say again, we love and appreciate law enforcement and and what they do for our country and the ideals that I believe the majority of them stand for and how they protect us. Sure. So uh, it's, you're, I'm, I'm, Dave
2: Chappelle said, hey, a few bad apples still are, are, are bad apples. Like, let's not act like it's just a couple of bad apples. So it's, it's complicated and it's nuanced, and uh, we'll leave that for another time.
1: Sure. Let's, uh, let's listen. Let's listen to BYU sports let's, show now. Let's quiet the madness and listen. And, yes, let's get on to BYU Sports Nation. So we appreciate you letting us uh, discuss that and not burying the lead. And it's hard not to wonder, as you said, Jerem, how this could potentially impact – The football season, both at the professional level and at the college football level, although we did learn that basketball has decided to move forward with the playoffs and continue to have the voice by playing the games. Also on today's show lineup, BYU football has added two more games officially, and they're both teams from Texas, which takes BYU's football schedule to eight games Why do Texas teams on the schedule historically bode very well for the Cougars? Chris Vanini of The Athletic will join us and tell us what he expects from BYU as far as a win-loss discussion goes of the scheduled eight games, plus the best to ever wear number 97 and former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon on what else the BYU football schedule needs right now. Here are today's BYUSN Headlines.
2: UIU football announces two additional games on the football schedule. As mentioned, Texas San Antonio or UTSA will be in Provo on October 10th. Texas State will be in Provo on October 24th. Both are first time opponents. This brings the schedule to eight games, six at home. The Cougars have had success against teams from Texas, which brings us to today's set of. Okay.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
2: Cougars won four in a row against teams from Texas. 2013 and 14. BYU played both Texas and Houston and won both. How about that? BYU 4-1 all time against Texas. Well, well, well. Uh, the Cougars overall against teams from Texas, 50, 20, and 1. Yeah, baby! thank the UTEP Miners for a lot of those wins. Uh, BYU has played 10 of the 12 teams from Texas, and the other two are the two we just said BYU will play this year for the first time. There
1: you go. Everything's bigger in Texas, including BYU's wins. (laughs) Nice. CBS College basketball insider John Rothstein has reported that several mid-major conferences are inquiring as to the minimum number of games required to qualify for a hopeful 2021 NCAA Men's Basketball Championship tournament. What does that mean for BYU? Stand by on that as this developing story obviously could impact the almost billion-dollar tournament In March, wild stuff all rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we.
0: It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Welcome, UT San Antonio and Texas State, to the 2020 BYU football schedule. Jerem just gave you the numbers on how BYU has enjoyed success against those Texas teams. Welcome. Is that enough to make you feel good about the overall eight-game slate that BYU has? And if eight is all they get, Jerem, is eight games enough for BYU football in 2020?
2: I don't want to be that greedy in a pandemic, but I do. I want two to four more. I would like BYU to get to at least 10, if not 12. And I, I think there are a couple teams still out there. I think Tom Holm has done a tremendous job not only lining up uh, teams, but how he's done it. So let's talk about this. Do you want the good teams at home this year? No, there's going to be limited fans. You'd think in LES, so no, just play games. And this is this is perfect. There's a couple of interesting games on there. The rest are games to play games. This is exactly what we need because BYU is the westernmost team trying to play football. Air Force is playing its two. Military Academy games against, ironically, the coincidentally the two teams BYU always playing to st- start the season. Mm-hmm. But I, I, love this. I don't, I don't even care what FBS teams they are. I don't need Power Five at this point. I'm completely in the quantity portion of the quantity versus quality conversation on the schedule. I'm stoked. I do look at the five bye weeks remaining, and see where could be why you do this. So there's 13 weeks between September 5th and November 28th. Uh, if that's where the, the schedule lands. Uh, BYU has eight in those 13. So the five open weeks. September 12th between Navy and Army. We've talked about this. Don't play that no, week. Do not do it. Don't go East Don't go East Coast. Go East Coast by East Coast. Okay, And short week on a Monday, right? Um, October 3rd, or you'd think second maybe with General Conference.
1: Friday night. Maybe ESPN has a window on Friday night.
2: I would say just go by week on that. And then uh, unless you can't get any other games. Because BYU has three in November. The 7th, the 14th, and the 28th. I don't know that anyone's going to want to play after Thanksgiving. It feels like Thanksgiving is this sort of like everyone hunkered down moment. Yeah. Because a lot of the schools nationally are just going to encourage students to stay home at that point. So I'm not sure when BYU gets in another couple of games. I would think October 3rd is probably an option. And then one or two more in November. We'll see who has availabilities, who wants to play. But it's uh, limited spots now.
1: I am watching Army, who now has... 12 games, by the way, Jerem, and got that coveted matchup that you wanted for BYU with Cincinnati to bring the Black Knights schedule to 12 games and thinking, okay, BYU has to play at least 10. The Cougars have got to get to at least 10. Schedule 12. If two don't happen because of whatever reason – at least you're still playing 10. So I I want BYU to play at least two more, not just schedule two more. I want BYU to play at least two more. And for me to feel safe about that, I think the Cougars have to schedule at least 11, if not a full 12 games to bring that about. Tom Holmo does not have limited options right now. I guarantee you his phone is ringing off the hook because teams know BYU's already got six home games. They need to play some road games so they'll come here. Let's call Tom Homo and see. Hey, will you come here? Yes. You want to come here and play right. us? BYU. We'd, lo- we'd love to host you.
2: It looks booked at home. Although, well, you in theory, a, they could add more. You want to do
1: a one off and, and you're going to come here and play us and we don't have to worry about the return trip? Yeah, come here. Sure. Tom does not have limited options right now. To me, I think it is about finding the right date. Yes. Available for the right team and trying to create some type of balance for this BYU schedule. So, yes, I agree with you. No September 12th.
2: Do you you know who has a November 7th opening? UCF.
1: Oh, how about that?
2: I would I would like that one. Cincy looks like they don't have uh, an opening with BYU on BYU's opening. So my Cincy dream, I think, is dead.
1: I still don't think UCF's going to happen because I spoke with the voice of the Golden Knights, Mark Daniels, last week, yeah. and he essentially said they're pretty locked into their schedule. I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, well, that's great news. Uh, no, I'm I'm not going to be that picky. Let's let's see what we can get. Um, you know, if, if there's a you know like a lot Tech or a Temple or a UAB yes. types, yes. I think there's still AC out there. I think there's conference two and. Say, and Sunbelt to be had. I don't care if they're all Texas State, UTSA time. D- I don't care. I just want to see more yeah. games. Because I think there will be a game or two that perhaps gets canceled yeah. because of positive tests. Yeah, Tom
1: this is time. not limited on options. It's about the nuances of who's willing to host BYU maybe on a Friday night so the Cougars don't have to play on a general conference I, Saturday.
2: And even then, just play. Like in 05, BYU played at San Diego State on the road against general conference right after dinner. And it's, lost
1: 31-10, to 10, so don't do that again.
2: John Beck Buttered a ball that I remember. I was like, "Oh shoot!" (laughs) And that was like, later he has a million touchdowns. You know, it's all good.
1: All right, time to hear from you BYU Sports Nation and go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All
2: right, I got you.
1: Jeremy, you take it away.
2: With eight games now on the BYU football schedule, what more do you want or is it enough? At Chris Davis underscore 11 on Twitter. I want games that test the ceiling of this BYU team. They've already scheduled a bunch of wins. so I want to see them play up even if the games are on the road. So he identifies November 7th at UCF, November 21st at Memphis if you moved to North Alabama. Now Memphis already announced their schedule, but perhaps they have one opening. I think that's what he's alluding to. North Alabama, uh, I'd be interested to see if they would, would move for something. So sure. that's an option as well. I I don't need any more quality, but if you add a couple on there, that's great. I kind of want BYU just to have a bunch of cupcakes outside of what they have now just to see how they do because it would be a good exercise, I think, for BYU football to go, let's just win these games. Let's go. Let's go dominate.
1: At Rubioso BYU says, as my parents always wisely said to me, beggars can't be choosers. During the ominous year of a pandemic, natural disasters, and social justice protests, I am content. More would be nice, but I'm happy with a schedule that should allow BYU to win every game.
2: Every game, huh? Okay, let's go. Get those Quest for Perfection shirts out again. Coming up, since is already playing three teams from Texas, who else should BYU add from Texas?
1: And Chris Vanini, National College football writer from The Athletic, rejoins the program. What does he expect from BYU? Six and
2: two, seven and one. No. Oh, you didn't go there.
1: Nice. Nope. This is BOE's first <laughs>
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Coordinators Corner Monday, then Tuesday AFR, and the season debut of BYU football's Kalani Sitake as the coach joins Greg Rebell. We'll get you ready for Navy, Deep Blue, the film room with Isaiah Cafusi. It's going to be a fun one next Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app.
1: We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's bring in our first guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He is a very talented writer and outstanding college football reporter for The Athletic, Chris Vanini, back on the program. Chris, great to have you back on the show.
3: Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It's uh, a college football week, technically. It feels wild. I mean, we're thinking about BYU
1: you know, under two weeks away from opening the season against Navy, and uh, there are going to be games before that. Is is this actually going to happen, Chris? Are we going to actually kick off
3: the season? Yeah, it looks like it. You know, I was was very doubtful we'd get here. I was 50-50 for a while. You know, we were waiting for students to get back to campus. You see NC State, ECU, North Carolina going to online-only classes, but it looks like for the time being we're going to start. Now, are we going to finish? I don't know. But we are starting the college football season, and I I think that's
2: good news. BYU is up to eight games officially on the schedule. Uh, We've been hearing that BYU is trying to get to 10 or even 12. Um, Do you think eight's enough? Is there this sort of pandemic understanding of everyone's just going to try and do their best and we'll figure out what this means
3: a little bit later in the season? I, I think eight. 7-8 is kind of the minimum, I think, of where you need it to be to feel comfortable uh, if you're a fan. I mean, there have been some FCS teams that are only playing like three games in the fall because they're going to play a conference schedule in the spring, so that's even weirder. But I, I think if you play 8, you're okay. Obviously, you want to get more. There, there are some FCS teams still looking for games. If BYU's still looking to add some, um, but now that we're kind of here, it's, it's kind of time to start and it's hard to add games once you start.
1: Chris, clearly BYU is not playing the schedule that they had originally lined up in terms of difficulty and name-brand opponents. But the Cougars do have some national windows against Navy on Monday night on ESPN with Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet on the call. And then they'll play on CBS National Television, Brad Nessler, and that SEC crew before SEC football actually kicks off. What can BYU do in those two weeks to try and uh, take advantage of the added spotlight? And what could it propel them to this season?
3: Yeah, I mean, th- these early weeks are going to be a good spotlight for BYU, for group of five schools who are going to get those national attention. You know, Arkansas State Memphis is the first ESPN Prime Time game on September 5th. So it's an opportunity to show that there is football worth paying attention to outside of the Power Five, outside of the Top 25. I'm someone who covers the group of five in my job, and it's, it's nice to see that these schools are going to get some spotlight because there are some really good teams there. And if you look at BYU's schedule, you know, there's a lot of wins on there. And if you can make a good impression early on, especially those early pr- prime time games, it could propel you to something like a top 25 ranking in a season where a lot of those top 25 teams are not actually playing.
2: Yeah. Only 76 FPS teams. So we, we've been talking about, okay, we, we say we put the blue goggles on, right? If we're going to be overly <laughs> positive. Uh, but BYU does have an opportunity to get in the top 25. If BYU beats Navy and army, are, are they knocking on the door? Are they, are they in potentially?
3: It, it it depends army obviously had a tough year last year navy was good but they're without Malcolm Perry kind of depends maybe how those games go i it, it's it's going to depend how do you rank a say a 2 and 0 BYU compared to a 0 and 0 SEC team you know th- that's the big question that we've never really had to kind of handle before so i rank all 7 i guess now 76 teams every week i used to do the 130 now it'll be 76 and I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. I'm part of me's leaning toward at least two weeks in. If you haven't played yet, I'm gonna throw you way down my rankings. I, I, I'm kind of inclined to put teams that have played two games ahead of teams that haven't played. So it's gonna be very strange how to figure this out, but everything about the season is gonna
2: be strange. We, <laughs> we, amen to that. We just want BYU above Utah they aren't playing. So be, <laughs> if, here's the thing. If, if BYU well, that'll loses. Happen.
3: That'll happen. They'll, yeah. they'll be on a rank in the top 76.
2: If BYU loses the first game, though, is Utah ranked higher?
1: Oh, shoot. Don't even <laughs> give, don't give anybody the idea. Chris Vanini with us on BYU Sports Nation. Chris, when you look at the eight games that BYU has scheduled right now, what's a fair expectation for BYU? Because we've been throwing around numbers like seven and one. Uh, minimum six and two. What do you think is a fair expectation for BYU with the eight announced games?
3: Yeah, I think six and two, seven and one is is what I look at it as well, that the games that are toss-ups are probably Navy, Army, Houston, Western Kentucky, maybe Troy, maybe. But Houston should be better uh, this year, Clayton Toon, the, the second year under Dana Holgerson, they should be better. West Kentucky kind of came out of nowhere last year to be very strong. They've got a really good defense. They need to figure out quarterback and figure out what they want to do on offense. And then those first two games, when, it, when I saw Navy get added to the schedule and then Army get added, my, my first thought was I feel really bad for those BYU defensive coaches who have to and, and those defensive linemen who now have to deal with triple options and cut, cut blocks basically on a month's notice. You know, when I a couple of years ago I, I spent a couple of days behind the scenes at smu and in the spring they they spent a whole day the final day of spring practice they used that just to prepare for the triple option because they were going to have to play navy that year that's how big of a deal it is to play these teams and to get it on one month's notice i know it looked like coaches that said they the defense coordinator said they'd, they'd never really gone against it before so uh that's going to be tough and you just hope everybody have everybody's legs come out okay
2: and luckily, BYU has them back-to-back, I guess, with a bye week between. Um, we've talked about September 12th, there were openings with other, say, Power Five and or quality group of five teams. But we're of the opinion, hey, don't play because it's East Coast trip Monday night. You don't want to play a short week. And, and uh, mm-hmm. even if it's a home game, you just went through the ringer. And then you're going back East again on a Saturday afternoon game. We're of the opinion that it's in BYU's best interest probably to play, not play that week and have a bye week between those two games. What do you think?
3: Yeah, the the teams that usually play Monday, it's usually an ACC game or something like that, they typically have a cupcake team that next Saturday anyway, not to mention they don't have to fly cross-country. So it, I, I think it makes sense to, to to take some time off in between those two games if you want to keep your team healthy and ready for, for the rest of the season.
1: Chris, what's the best case scenario for BYU? Let's say they – and I I feel like I should – actually put on this, some physical blue goggles. This is what we do, okay. Chris. We
2: put on these goggles. Okay. Yeah.
1: So to, to even put this out there, let's say BYU goes undefeated. What's the best case scenario for BYU with these strange circumstances and
3: the weaker schedule? I don't think an 8-0 and BYU is going to be in the college football playoff conversation. I do think, you know, an 11-0 and UCF could be. But I don't think eight, eight games is enough to get you there, not to mention the teams that you're playing. Um, now, 8-0, who, I don't know what bowl game situation is going to be like. That is obviously completely up in the air. But say there is a bowl game, say they do go 9-0, and go ahead and claim a national championship. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a weird season. I'm all for everybody claiming whatever they want to do. Undefeated, go wild. Uh, I guess that would probably be your best-case scenario.
1: Okay. Is it crazy to think that BYU for the first time ever with an undefeated schedule could Put see... those back on. All right. I'll put it back on. Okay could sneak into a New Year's 6 game because there are only 76 teams instead of 130, and there are 12 spots to fill in
3: the New Year's 6. Possible. I I don't know how a lot of these games are going to go because they have contracts with different conferences. And what what is it? you got to be in the top 12, I think, to be New Year's 6 or something like that if if you're UCF or if you're a group of five. But not BYU, right? Yeah. Yeah, independent is a whole separate deal. There's going to have to be a lot of openings, and I guess there will be openings, so it's possible. I mean, I imagine that if there's a Fiesta Bowl, they'd probably be pretty open to doing something like that, so I, I guess it's possible. Postseason is so hard to figure out right now because there, there are more bowl slots than there are teams going to be playing, period. So that has yet to be figured out. Playoff crew, the playoff committee... They say they're going forward doing their meetings and everything, but there's a lot that still has yet to be
2: figured out. I say play in two bowls. Why not? There'll be opportunities.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, uh, always great to talk with you. Uh, We enjoy reading your stuff and look forward to your all 76 rankings. For the time being, uh, what are you working on now and where can we find it?
3: I am currently working on conference previews, which I didn't really know if I was going to have to do those or not, uh, along with the 76. So those will be coming out over the weekend and going into next week. We'll have conference previews on all six conferences that are playing. I know BYU is obviously not in one of those, but I'll have the 76 up on probably Monday. So theathletic.com, got all sorts of discounts and stuff for your subscriber. Hope you guys check us out.
1: Fantastic. Chris, thanks so much for the time. We'll uh, definitely be reading up. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Chris Vanini on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: And if BYU's like three zero, we should probably mail him some goggles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we should we should probably mail a lot of goggles out. At I almost point.
1: feel bad for asking those questions. <laughs> like, uh,
2: <laughs> I don't want seriously. to put
1: pressure on BYU, who's no, won 18 no. games the last three years, to do something like that. Hey. Yeah, you're right. No, put up before you ask it. Put on the blue goggles. Yeah, exactly. Put okay. them back
2: on. Okay, coming up, Texas native David Nixon on playing more Texas teams and it is and is eight enough games.
1: And Jeremy, it is the day before the penultimate day in oh. our best-to-wear-it oh, series. Oh, look at this. The pen penultimate? No.
0: Hunter the punter, baby.
1: Or Woo. is it the penultimate? Because we're doing two. <laughs> <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation.
2: I love Hunter the punter. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archive content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. Hunter the Puncher footage is so good, we came back with the same clip.
1: Uh-huh. Because we love Brad Hunter. We'll get to the best to wear it in just a moment. <laughs> but first, let's whip it. Okay, BYU has three games
2: this season with uh, teams from Texas. UTSA, Houston, and Texas State. Do you want another Texas game on the schedule, and if so, who?
1: Yes, I want UTEP, because I think BYU would absolutely win that game, and it's an old throwback. Yeah, they haven't played since, uh, what, the New Mexico Bowl in 2010?
2: It's been a minute. I think Uh, Stuart Mandel wants North Texas. Uh, No, just kidding. That was a mistake. I I would have taken any of the Power 5 teams, but...
1: That's it's not, not going to happen. happen. That's like, not going to like happen. Matt
2: well. Wells from Utah State, coach of Texas Tech, that would have been an intriguing. UTEP, one.
1: SMU would be desirable, but I don't think that's right. going to happen. So U- UTEP seems like the only feasible option.
2: Right, UTEP, Yeah, I, I don't think there's another Texas team. But there are twelve from Texas, by the way. They can have their own league just out of Texas. Twelve divisional programs. The Big Twelve is like they have twelve and we have ten. <laughs> that's crazy.
1: <laughs> Jerem on to basketball news. John team reporting that several mid-major conferences are now inquiring about the minimum number of games required to qualify for the 2021 NCAA tournament. This to help teams schedule their, of course, non-conference games. How many non-conference games will be needed to determine qualification for the dance?
2: That's typically 12 to 16 for most teams. So I would think you want to get in the 6 to 8 range. That way you play a couple of cupcakes, get yourself warmed up, but also a few meaningful games. That way we have... Some net rankings and quad ones to discuss of like who played who, but it's going to be harder if we have a tournament and fewer non-conference games for a team like BYU to get in that large.
1: I'm of the opinion that you need to play at least 25 total games in six, the reg- six fewer sure in the regular season to get a good grasp of what a team actually is. To have any sort of concept about non-conference play? Yeah. So yeah, what, whatever gets a team to 25. In line with you, whether it's six, seven, eight, nine, just get the 25 total games.
2: And it might be conference only. I don't know. I hope things go well with football. That will dictate a lot of this. Mike Weir finished tied for 13th at 11-under on the Champions Tour this week. We, of course, won the 2003 Masters. Which Cougar will become the next pro to make a
1: splash? Ooh. Is this just in golf or in, in professional sports in general? In the golf. Oh, man. I really like Patrick Fishburn. I think he is uh, oh,
2: by his nickname.
1: on the the ginger quake. Love it. Okay, I think he's on the fast track. He's he's already playing well and consistently well on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is essentially AAA to the PGA Tour. Yep. Patrick Fishburn is my pick to be the guy that will next make a splash on the big show.
2: Peter Quest just left Brigham. He's been in a couple of events, which have been pretty cool. Yeah, Peter Quest for Perfection's a uh, uh, popular option as well. I, I think it could be interesting to see what he does. But it's fun to see these BYU guys because BYU does have a golf tradition here. If you're unfamiliar with this... He won the 81 Natty. Of course, Johnny Miller and many others, right? My, Mike Wins uh, the tourney. Daniel Summerhays has been doing amazing oh, things. Zach about, Blair. Yeah, think like, about all the guys. Nico, Cle- Keith Clearwater and all those guys. Bruce like,
1: Summerhays. They've
2: done such an amazing job. Let's go. Let's see the next guy or guys to do something.
1: Okay, that takes us to... The penultimate edition of The Best to Wear It. Thank you for using it, Chris. Yeah, I, I was confused first because I forgot that we're doing two numbers today. But Let's we're, go. We're doing two. We're counting up to 99, and we're all about 97 and 98. The best to ever wear those numbers at BYU, starting with 97.
2: Randy Brock, early 90s, 90 to 94. This guy was awesome. 46 tackles for loss. That is incredible. Third most sacks in BYU history. First team on WAC in 94, which is a underrated year, 10 and 3. Uh, beat Notre Dame and Oklahoma that year. There's highlights against Notre Dame. Uh, second team honorable mention. He was four-team all whack, uh, four-time all whack performer, which was pretty good. Randy Brock, who sounds like a WWE wrestler. <laughs> Isn't there someone with a similar name? Chop the Block! <laughs> yeah. Can't block Brock. Love it. 97. This is when you get, if you wear 97, you're a tough cookie. There's no weaklings wearing
1: 97. You know what I'm saying? I miss the big shoulder pads and the neck rolls. Speaking of, Jerem.
2: Let's go, baby. The
1: best to ever wear number 98 is one Brad Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. The punter.
2: One time we were at, uh, we were on a re- remote and he came up and said, Hey, what's up? I'm Brad Hunter. We're like,
3: Hunter what's the punter's Hunter punter. here! Woo!
1: Look at that neck roll. How awesome <laughs> is it to see a guy back there booting the ball? He, he ripped off a 70 yarder at one point, was consistently what? hitting him over 50. Brad Hunter the punter at 98. Played at BYU technically starting in 1986, had most of his run between 90 and 92. But Jeremy, he's punting and then he's going to play defensive uh, on the defensive line. 63 tackles, seven and a half sacks. So it wasn't like he was doing nothing after he punted.
2: Yes, so he yeah, exactly. He's saying, what field position do I want to get give me (laughs) me." on defense? (laughs) So he ran a fake punt against Notre Dame in 92 for 13 yards, by the way, which is Okay, career long of 65. Are you saying it was 70? What are you saying?
1: Sorry. He ripped off. It was seventy yards, but I think uh, it was only ruled as sixty-three because it went into the end zone. But it was like oh, you're the guy, a, guy that counts seventy the yards in the, the end zone yards.
2: Although, yeah, technically no, but like yes, like when a kick return is from the back of the end zone, it's like oh, that was hundred nineteen yards.
1: Yeah, true, yeah. right?
2: So but it only system. counts for a hundred. Yeah. 70
1: just sounds better, doesn't like, it? Like,
2: what defensive line? Do, like, this would be like Kairos Tonga punting or something. You know what I mean? That'd be insane. That'd be insane. Also, keep in mind, in terms of other people who haven't been a specialist who punted, Jim McMahon and Clay Brown, who connect against SMU for the Miracle Bowl Hail Mary. And we spoke They the both punted yes. on the team. One time, Jim McMahon got rushed from his right, wandered to his left, and punted left-footed. That's amazing. That happened. So... Brad Hunter, I had a VHS of a BYU-Wyoming game in 92 that for some reason was just in the collection when I was in high school. I would throw that in. Ryan Hancock's chewing up the Cowboys. And Brad Hunter, the punter, was the guy there. In fact, we saw some of the highlights.
1: watching him punt against Wyoming right there.
2: Producers, was that the 65-yarder? Did we watch the 65-yarder? Is that what that was? It was. Okay, that's great.
1: 43.2 yards per kick.
2: That's excellent. Let's go. Okay, coming up, David Nixon on how to defend the option in BYU's first two games this season.
1: Yes, Jerem, because he has successfully defended the option against Air Force, but how close is that offense to what Navy and Army are going to run? And what else does he want to see on the BYU football schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Can you believe
2: it? Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the VOATV app. Coordinators Corner is back. That means it's game week, even though it's a week after that. We're going to treat next week like game week because it's week one of college football. Greg Rebell in the coordinators chat. Get you ready for BYU and Navy 1 Eastern Monday on the BYU TV
1: app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure now to bring in guest number two today, David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker with us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. David, welcome back to BYUSN.
0: Appreciate it, fellas. I, I look at your studio, and we've been doing AFR in that studio, and I mean, I, you guys look great in there, but I think AFR maybe takes a cake here. I think Studio B now is, is AFR studio. I, I don't know.
2: I, you know what? Here's my thought. As soon as you get to 1,700 episodes, let's do that.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's, it's quality, not quantity, guys. Uh, <laughs>
2: that's right. I've been told that my whole life. Dang it. You're yes.
1: Right. <laughs> the, the age-old debate, quality versus quantity. Yes. Let, let, let's start there with the BYU football schedule, quality versus quantity, because obviously at this point, BYU lost all of their Power 5 games, but Tom Homo has worked a, a mini miracle in getting eight games on the schedule. Are you to the point right now, David, where – You just don't care who it is. You just want to fill up the whole schedule and you want to go more with with quantity? Or do you still feel like there's time to get quality games on the schedule?
0: Listen, there are a few exceptions to the rule and uh, a pandemic uh, rules uh, in the sense that quantity. I think this year you get as many games as possible. Tom Homa, as you mentioned, is is putting together a fantastic schedule. Um, Yeah, listen, there's no P5s on the schedule. Everyone wants a P5. Guess what? Tom Homo wants a P5 on the schedule and he's working hard to get that. Uh, and I think there's rumors that there, there's still some, some teams in the works, uh, but you take what you can get. I love the fact as a, as a former, or I still count myself as a Texan, but As a Texan, you get two Texas schools. Once again, a, a recruiting hotbed for, for BYU to get down there and, and grab some talent. Another opportunity to play a couple of those schools. I actually have a couple of buddies that live in San Marcus, uh, which is right there in the area of Texas state. And, um, and anyways, they're UTSA there. They're excited about the matchup. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, ha- I'm thrilled with how the schedule's going. I mean, we were back up just a couple weeks ago. We, were, we had no idea, A, if there would be a season, and B, who would fill out the schedule. BoU at one point only had Army and Navy. And to think that uh, Tom Holmes would be able to put the schedule together so quickly um, is almost nothing sort of a miracle. But there's still some work to be done, and, and everything we're hearing is that they want to go for a full 12-game schedule. Can they get there? At the, at the rate we're seeing right now with announcing games every three, four, five days, I think maybe we might.
2: There's some work to be done. Uh, two to four games, 10 to 12 games. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Just playing and having a schedule and the fact that no one else in the West is trying to play a season. Granted, Air Force is going to play two games, Army and Navy. But this is awesome. I, I don't care who else is on the schedule. And I'm very excited about the first two games because of what BYU has in terms of opportunity, David. Monday night football against Navy. It's going to be incredible. Uh, and then CBS on uh, Saturday, the 19th against Army. I mean, th- this is as big a stage in terms of TV setup as BYU's ever had.
0: Well, when you hear Kirk Herbstreit's on the call on the Monday Night Game, I think that tells you everything, right? And then I, think, I believe Brad Nessler's on the CBS call as well. So you're getting their your top-tier uh, talent calling these games, and it goes to show you this, just how important this is to, to the TV, ESPN, and CBS, and all the broadcast partners to have a game like BYU on. And, uh, and so – 100%. I think all BYU fans should be ecstatic. The Monday Night Football first game of the year slot is the coolest thing I can think of. I mean, there's no better time to do it. Um, and, and then you roll from there. I'm excited to see the first two opponents, I, I think, matching up in Navy and Army that run the same type of triple option scheme. We've talked a lot about this actually on AFR. It's a huge advantage because then you can focus and, and really hone in on that specific defense. Um, and then BYU will hopefully roll from there with the rest of their schedule with with different offenses they have to face, et cetera. But Um, I, I'm loving how it's shaping up. There'll be some gaps that continue to get filled. Interesting to see who those groups are. Uh, there's been lots of, uh, you know, two lanes and, uh, and others that there's been rumors, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it all kind of comes together. Uh, and maybe, and hopefully, like I said, you can squeeze a P five in there.
1: Former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon with us on BYUSN. David, you of all people can understand how difficult it is to defend against the option because you did it on an annual basis against Air Force. And you know how hard it can be on the legs and the knees and on the psyche. What's the key to successfully defending against the option so that BYU can come away with important victories in their first two games of the season?
0: Listen, behind Laramie and going to Albuquerque, behind those two places, the triple options is the third thing I hate most in life. Um, just kidding, <laughs> all my Albuquerque people, we love you guys. Um, no, listen, triple option—it's—it's it's all you know. You've heard this—you've heard this during Broncos era. Assignment sound, and that really is what it comes down to. The triple option is do your assignment, and and, and the triple option a lot of times you know that certain guy's not going to get the ball if it's if it's a if it's the pitch and you got the running back, you see the quarterback tuck it up and go. You still run to your guy. It doesn't matter. Everyone has their assignment. Everyone does their job, and that's how you defeat it. The reason that they're successful, these teams are successful running it, is because you have somebody that's not in the right gap or somebody's trying to do too much and play outside the defense, and as a result, you have a, gas, a gap that opens up, and, and the quarterback running back hurt, maybe he gets five, six yards. So you, you've got to stay ahead of the chains in the sense that you've got to make them force them into – second and longs, third and longs, and you've got them cooked because this is a team that has definitely run first past second, and when you put them in a situation where they have to pass, they're obviously not near as successful. So um, it's all about being in your gaps, doing your assignment, and I will say this is tough. It's, a, it's, it's tough for BYU because you know BYU switched to a four-two-five this 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 season uh, because of the strength of the secondary. And so now you're going to have to go from learning kind of a new defense you add in Corona where they weren't together for all spring and all summer. So you add, you add in that element, and, and now you go where you're trying to learn defense, and now you have to shift the entire defense because it really is a completely different mindset, completely different assignments. Uh, and so now you have to learn that in two weeks and then shift back to the 4 So there's a lot of moving parts, uh, and, and that's the job of Eliza Tuiaki and Ed Lamb and the rest of the defensive staff to get these guys honed in um, and, and, and get them prepared and ready to face these first few opponents. And then they'll have to kind of get change out of that mindset and get ready for the rest of the season. So uh, I'm excited for, for the task. I, I will say this. And uh, if, if you do your assignment, that the, the triple option is not very hard to stop. And I know that sounds maybe a little too aggressive, but uh, if, if everyone's in their proper gaps, you, you can have success. And we saw that. I, I, don't, I think I lost to um, Air Force my freshman year, but went 3-0 afterwards. Because Bronco had a great defense in place, and I, I know Eliza uh, and Kalani are putting that together, and I'm excited to see how it rolls out. Game one,
2: eight games on the schedule right now. We've talked about how BYU "quote unquote" should at least go what we think is six and two. Yet, "should" is an interesting uh, word given that BYU's 11 and 12 against Group of Five and Independents the last three years. BYU's been a sub 500 team in these type of situations with no Power Five. So, what do you think BYU should do in these eight games?
0: I like six and two. Listen, this is a team as we've been breaking down on AFR, you realize we have BYU has a ton of talent coming back. I mean, especially in that defense um, offensively, you got a healthy Zach Wilson, the running back core is coming together. Uh, receivers. We, we, at one point we went down the receiver core with, with, with Romney, uh, with Bushman, with Neil Powell. I mean, you got six four receivers across the board I mean, there's a lot of mismatches out there on the field for this BOE offense. And, and defensively, you've got a lot of guys returning as well. So I think six and two is a pretty reasonable number. I think you shoot for the sky and go for eight. No, I don't see why not. I mean, this is, this is a BYU team. I think they'll be very prepared going these games. And uh, I know the track record's not great, as you alluded to, but I'm still so optimistic they can put something together. It's going uh, to be an interesting season. Like I said, a lot of storylines coming into this and the fact that defensively you had a lot of guys that had been injured coming back for, for another year, a lot, of, a lot of experience. And, of course, the younger guys that didn't get to play or that, that played last year because of the injuries are all game experience. And so um, you throw that all in the mix. and you, Now you create that depth. And I think that's something that BYU has been lacking is depth over the last few years because of uh, youngsters and, and, and injuries, et cetera. But now you kind of bring all that back together and you put together a team that I think uh, is going to, you know, could have, a, could have an eight no start here in the season.
2: Are you going to bring out the quest for perfection shirts from 08
1: again?
0: Yeah, I still got mine. I'll go put it on right now. <laughs> David,
1: Nixon I thought they were all burned on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, David, I know you felt strongly you wanted to talk quickly on uh, what's happening in professional sports. We've got about 30 seconds to do so. Uh, what do you think about the trend that we're seeing with uh, the social injustice platform and what's happening across professional sports?
0: I'm all on board. I'm 100% on board. I, uh, I, these guys have a voice. The one thing I would say is that to, to boycott the season in the season, there's been reports of that. I don't think that's a proper avenue in the sense that if you continue to play, then you have six more weeks in the playoffs, whatever it may be to continue to voice, you know, to, to, make your voice heard. If you, if you boycott and leave now, then all of a sudden football comes around and the basketball players lose their voice because they're not relevant anymore. They're not playing. Um, and so I, I 100% respect the movement. I think it's, I think it's the right time. I, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, but at the same time, I think by playing you, you, you maintain your relevancy and you're in the spotlight and you give some opportunities to continue to, to voice your opinion and uh, try to make some change. So uh, curious to see how it all plays out there. They're pros and see if it trickles down to college football. We'll see. Uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's the time is changing. Things are changing and, and I respect the movement and um, obviously on board with it.
1: David, we appreciate you and uh, your time. We know it's valuable and your insight into football. And I believe right now you uh, need to teach your children how to be assignment sound. So good luck with that.
0: Yeah, heading down to the basement. We're going to run some drills right now.
1: <laughs> Thanks, David. Take care, guys. D-Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
0: Coming up, who
2: gets the elite voice of the day.
1: And our rise and shout-out. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. Our show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps.
2: And you can download the podcast by googling BYU Sports Nation podcast. Go ahead and subscribe,
1: rate, and review. We can't finish the show without doing this. Hit it!
2: Countdown to Navy. Eleven days. Eleven days, huh? Wow, week and a half. Eleven days Woo. away. Yeah, I, I didn't think we'd get here, man. I, I, who, who knew? You know that. You would have eight games that they'd figure it out after losing ten games out the schedule. you always added uh, six. You know, it's like holy shnikes. This feels like it's going to happen. Now, what could blow this up is if there's a bunch of positive tests on one side, and then it's like, oh shoot. But next week, you, you, the players, administrators, anyone going to this game, are going to have. A COVID test to make sure you can go, (laughs) right? And then they won't even let you on the field. You'll be up in what? The press box?
1: In my own little self-quarantined area. Yeah. I'll be doing my interviews. Not because you're
2: sick, but because they're going to just isolate who has access to around the players. Sure. This is the uh, fewest, uh, you know, interviews and whatnot we've ever done with the players. We have not seen any of the players for months. In an attempt to keep them safe. Safe, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's, uh, been brilliance by the BYU Athletic Department, what they've done and have been doing for a while now. All right, our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, answering this question of the day. With eight games now on the BYU football schedule, what do you want what more do you want, rather? Or is it enough? At Preston, Preston on Twitter says, I hope they add at least two games, maybe even four. Temple has two consecutive open weeks, including October 2nd.
2: Let's go.
1: UCF on November 7th. Don't think that one's going to happen. And if we're really lucky, maybe BYU can get BC, Virginia, or Notre Dame to play us November 21st and move the North Alabama game to an open week November
2: 28th. Notre Dame just scheduled a a three-game series, including one with South Florida.
1: Yeah, that's not happening.
2: Okay, today's Rise and Shoutout, we mentioned at the top of the show, but uh, to the end NBA, WNBA, MLS, MLB, and any other leagues uh, taking a stand. Uh, let's hear that voice. Let's let's reassess what's going on because I think we need
1: Listen. Listen. Seek to understand. Absolutely. And then to be understood. Yeah. Still a line from uh, five highly effective habits. All right. Thanks to today's guest, Chris Vinny. Seven. Yeah. And David Nixon.
2: <laughs> no time for Dennis. Sorry, brother.
1: For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to all of our black athletes at BYU. Go Cougs.
3: We all love BYU TV, and it's just something we can sit down and watch all